Thank you, Pastor Katie. Today is the day where we wrap up our sermon series, One Thing and Then Another. We've been talking about some things, like something, anything, nothing, and today, everything. And um, it seems appropriate to talk about everything on the Sunday where we talk about Christ as King. Our scripture comes from Paul's letter to the Colossians. It's the first chapter, verses 11 through 20. Hear now the word of the Lord. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have the first place in everything. For in him all have the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, we pray that through our being here today in this worship space, we pray that something transformative happened to us. We pray that that transformation have real bearing on our lives and the ways in which we go about being in the day-to-day. We pray in this moment that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. And it is through Christ our King that we pray. Amen. He has rescued us from the powers of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. Notice how Paul 
phrases this statement to the Colossians. He has rescued. You have been transferred. It is not a a futuristic tone. It is a present tone. The rescuing from the dark powers has already happened. The transfer into the kingdom of the Son, it has already happened. It is very much a now reality. To be sure, it is still a not yet reality, but it is nevertheless a now reality. You have been rescued. You have been transferred to the kingdom of the beloved son. I know what you're thinking, but wait now, preacher. We look around and we don't seem to be all that rescued. We look around and it does seem as if things are falling apart. Civil unrest, political division, even division within Christ's body, the church. Wars, rumors of wars, the economy, the blurring of truth, the world, us. We, we don't seem all that rescued. And one thing that is true about humanity is that when things do seem as if they are falling apart, uh, we tend to blame whoever is in charge. It's something humans are, have always done. Whenever things fall apart, we blame whoever is in charge. Well, that's usually what we do. Now, in these days, we also blame each other. We blame each other, we blame whoever's in charge, and anyone and everyone in between. But who is in charge? Who are the powers that be? Are politicians? In a democracy, we elect people to serve, and we we bless them to do good on our behalf and on behalf of all. But do they really rule the world? Who rules them? It is ironic that Christ the King Sunday always takes place in November. It's good that it takes place in November because we need to be reminded. Who is our king? Is the economy in charge? Have any of you ever laid eyes on an economy? You ever seen one? Kind of like snipes. When I was growing up, we used to send people in the woods with a sack after a snipe. Nobody's ever actually seen one. I haven't seen an economy, although unseen, an economy is a powerful thing. It has the power to, to bankrupt families and businesses and even countries. 
An economy has the power to help you thrive, but it also has the power to make you homeless. Is the economy in charge? We sure do blame it enough. Who is our king? Is it violence and coercion? Perhaps they are to blame for things falling apart. They seem to, to fit the bill of a power of darkness that we would need rescuing from. Last Sunday on a college campus not far away, three student athletes were murdered. We know about Syria in Ethiopia, Ukraine, and the other places where atrocities happen in the name of violence. If we have been rescued from the powers of darkness, it would seem as if a few powers have been missed and violence would be won. Who is our king? What about the media as a power, perhaps worthy of some blame when things fall apart? And let us not forget those who fund the media through the buying of commercial or, or a social media ad in the name of the almighty prophet. That's P-R-O-F-I-T. As one commentator remarked in regard to the power of media, Powers like the media in many ways shape our lives, name us, hold our imaginations in their grip. They claim the power to tell us what's going on in the world. Powers like the media that are beyond our control assume that they can tell us who's in charge and where everything is heading. Who is our king. Who is in charge? Who is to blame when things fall apart? What if What if the one who is in charge is not the one to blame? The theologian N.T. Wright states the claim that everything, <laughs> that is everything that was made was made by Christ and through Christ and for Christ, everything. And what happens after that is that space is allowed by Christ for the powers and the dominions to develop. And they do. They develop. And then what happens after that is God's people hand over responsibility 
to the powers and the dominions to rule things as opposed to standing firm in the hope and faith that indeed everything was made good by Christ, through Christ, and for Christ. So then, what does Christ do in response to our handing over power as opposed to standing firm in hope and faith that everything is good by, for, and through Christ? Well, Christ, in response, as the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, he himself who is before all things and in him all things hold together, he enters our world wrapped in human flesh to reconcile all things back to God by defeating the powers and dominions of this world, but not through a militaristic defeat, but through suffering on a cross. The king of glory enters the world through a mother's womb. The king of everything comes to be crowned, but not with jewels, but with thorns. And in doing so, we are rescued. In doing so, our membership is transferred into his kingdom, the kingdom of the Messiah. But not just for later on, but also for now. We have been rescued. We have been transferred. So why then do things still fall apart? If our rescue has already happened, if our transfer into the Messiah's kingdom has already occurred, why does it seem the powers that seek to divide and conquer are always the ones that are victorious? It's not our king's fault. Maybe it's our fault. Maybe we've handed back over some things to the powers that we were not supposed to hand back over. We can't always blame somebody else. We can't always blame who's in control. Sometimes we must take an honest account of our part in the situation. So here's the question. Do we live as if we have been rescued? Do we wake up and approach each day as if we truly have been rescued? Do we wake up and live each day as if we truly are citizens of the Messiah's kingdom? Do we approach our days like that, like rescued citizens of Jesus' kingdom? Do we do it consistently? In him, Paul says, all things are held together. 
So if we are truly in Christ and living as if we are in Christ, then things don't fall apart. They can't because Christ is the glue that we need to hold all things together. So why is it that we approach life first and foremost from the perspective that everything is out of whack? Why, through the ways in which we go about living each day, we approach things from the perspective that everything is broken. Everything is broken. Awful, 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 grumble, grumble, grumble. If we truly believe that the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, then why don't we live that way? Why don't we speak that way? We have been transferred. We have been brought into the kingdom of God, and we are called to be different, not just later, but also now. Sure, God still has some tidying up to do, and that comes in the the not yet part of things. But we are still in the now phase of the kingdom being here. We are part of the kingdom now. And the powers, they can, they can still cause problems, those powers of darkness. But we, as citizens of the kingdom of now, we know that the powers do not win. We know who wins. My king wins, your king wins, our king wins. The victory has already happened once and for all, and it is continuing to happen. As we wait in the meantime, there are little battles here and there, but the war is won, and we should act like we know it. It could literally change everything. It could change everything. If the the people of God just simply lived as if they know that it is all God's and it all works out well in the end, then our now could be transformed. It's that simple. It's always been that simple. That's always been the call. Always. The knowledge of the victory should cause us to respond and react in ways that affirm that, yes, we believe that Christ is king. And the sounds of victories should resonate in our homes, in our workplaces, in our churches, in our bank accounts, in every place and space that we occupy. The sounds of victory should resonate now, not later. So as we find ourselves in this meantime between the now that we currently occupy and the not yet that is still to come, I guess poverty will continue to be a thing. I guess wars and rumors of wars will continue to be a thing. Political division will continue to be a thing. Lies and half-truths will continue to be told. Sickness and death will still wreak havoc. But we, we as rescued, 
and transferred members of God's kingdom, we can lean into life in a way that is hope-filled because our king wins. In a world that seems as if it is falling apart, as people who are held together in the name of Jesus the King, we have a responsibility to live, to speak, and to act different. Our king has done the king's part. Let us respond in a way that is worthy. You see, everything, everything, everything made by, through, and for our crucified king, everything. Lean into it. Live into it. Not just later, but now. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty King of glory, thank you for our rescue, for our citizenship being transferred into your kingdom, the kingdom of the now and the not yet. We pray, God, that in response to what you have done for us, we can respond in ways that are worthy. Not just later on in, in glory, but now in glory. Thanks be to you. Thanks be to you. And all God's people say, amen.